everyone, and welcome to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Woodzik, and my pronouns are they, them, and theirs. This is episode 143 with Jamil Alawale Kasoko. Jamil is a multi-spirited Nigerian-American author, performance artist, and curator of Yoruba and Natchez descent originally from Detroit, Michigan. Jamil's practice is conceptual and process-based, fluidly moving within the creative realms of live art performance, video, sculpture, and poetry. Through rooted ritual and spiritual practice, embodied poetics, Black critical studies, and queer theories of the body, Kosoko conjures and crafts perpetual modes of freedom, healing, and care, where, when, and however possible. Learn more about Jamil at J-A-A-M-I-L dot com. The Theatrical Mustang podcast features interviews with unbridled talent and cultural trailblazers across the country. This reboot is distributed by American Theatre. Episodes 1 through 138 are archived at theatricalmustang.podbean.com. And now, enjoy episode 143 with Jamil Alawale Kasoko. I'm excited to welcome as our next guest to the podcast, Jamil Alawale Kasako. Jamil, welcome to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Your resume is so impressive. I was sort of fan personing out very, very, it's international, it's sprawling, it's everything that kind of I want to be when I grow up. Um, <laughs> but for folks who haven't read your bio yet, how would you introduce yourself to someone who's experiencing your work for the first time? Yes. Um, you know, my work uh, really is, is quite expansive. Um, you know, I follow, I follow my, my instincts. I follow my curiosity. Um, and I think I follow my guides really. Um, and as I'm, kind of moving through that, uh, there's these various ways that my, my work asks to be materialized or to manifest. Um, and, you know, while I think a lot about sort of strategy and, you know, what'll be happening in a couple years from now or what I want to do in five to 10 years or things like that. I, I really just try to, you know, give myself over to my questions. Um, and, and right now, you know, I think I'm really working through questions of care, of wellness, uh, of healing. Um, you know, how, how important it is to radically reimagine, um, the world that we're, that we're living in, um, and, and how do we go about creating or setting forth, uh, the practices, tools, and systems that, um, that will do that really critical worlding that, you know, needs to happen right now. So, that's really how I how I talk about my work. Um, you know, it it can feel very esoteric, but at the same time, you know, 
I I come from I come from poetry. Um, poetry, the poetic is my home. Um, so everything that I do has this this core of of the poetic um, and and what it means to really write and articulate and describe uh, one's self, one's world, um, one's understanding, um, you know, uh, of their world and their environment. Um, so that's really sort of my impulse, uh, what, what, what drives me and, and moves me forward. Thank you. I love that radically reimagine the world that we're in. We need that so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. And I think that there's unfortunately a reticence in a lot of folks and a lot of theaters to, to do that work because mm. we've been doing it one way for a very long time. And um, I'm with you. I love, I love the intersection of poetry and, and performance. The last podcast we did, we had two actors who also are prolific poets. And I think there's something very immediate that poetry touches. Um, it's able to just sort of get right into the heart and, and grab it in a way. Speaking of poetry, can you talk to me about congratulations on the release of Black Body Amnesia and Other Speech Acts, which came into the world earlier this year. Can you talk about the process of that collection and how it came to the world? Mm-hmm. Yes, Black Body Amnesia, Poems and Other Speech Acts um, was released this spring, um, this past spring. And yeah, you know, it was, it was um, very much a pandemic project. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't, you know, go into 2020 planning to <laughs> write a book, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> um, but, uh, that, that is what, you know, ended up coming out of me, um, along with, you know, several other projects, uh, that I think have been really building up. Um, but yeah, uh, Black Body Amnesia is a project, you know, I've been working towards for several years. Um, it's, it's a index or an archive of, uh, several years of, of creative research and actions, um, conversations and meetings and, you know, happenings. Um, it's a way that I'm trying to articulate myself um more uh concretely um you know inside of you know this this creative franchise that we're we're sort of moving through mm. um and so yeah you know it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful book you know i'm so proud of it um uh i had the opportunity to um invite several other artists to also sort of write uh, alongside me and with me in community. Um, so it's, it's basically broken into four different acts. Um, and it is a kind of performance, you know, you engage with this, with this text, um, you know, performatively. It asks you to sort of reorient your, yourself and the way in which you're engaging, you know, with the text. It, it, you know, it, the, the language moves left to right, it moves up and down, you know, there's a lot of images, 
um, you know, your sort of quintessential artist book. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's really, I think, you know, a, quite a beautiful, um, you know, project and, and it, and it tells some really deep, intimate stories. Um, uh, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there, there, I think, you know, there, there was a lot that I had to undo. There was a lot that I had to let go of. There was a lot that I had to release. Um, there's a lot that I had to forget. And when I speak of this idea of forgetting, you know, I'm really asking us to reconsider how we think about um, this, 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 this idea of, of forgetting as a way of, of visioning and, and radically moving forward. Um, so thinking, sure, you know, what we have to let go of, but also what space needs to be created to allow, uh, the, the, the current, version of ourselves to really grow and blossom and and be um you know i uh you might say i came out as gender non-conforming um during the writing of this book um and so i i really had to i had to do a lot of soul searching i had to um you know, release a kind of uh, I- idea of what I had been socialized to to know and, and think about myself and my body and my gender. Um, and, you know, in the writing of this book, you know, I'll, I'll say that you know, this sort of sacred entity really came to me and just revealed themselves in a different way and it was like hey let's let's write through this together and a part of that process was you know getting like returning to my costumes and sort of pulling out things that I had sort of buried away and you know playing with I don't know just my wigs and my makeup and and all of these things that you know bring me so much joy and pleasure um i had to really redefine my understanding and relationship you know to these materials and and why and what do they mean and represent when i engage with them um so yeah so all of that really sort of came out of me in the making and 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 writing and collecting and organizing um of black body amnesia um and yeah and it was an incredible process i worked with wendy's subway um and uh omnivore um as a as a design company and it was a it was an incredible project to to do um with some just some great thinkers and designers and and folks um it it really was a you know it was a community (laughs) that came together in a beautiful way and in a time when i really needed community um yeah came together to 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 finish this project you know i love I could just listen to you talk. I say this to all my guests, but I could listen to you talk 
forever about your work. And it's just so stunning that, I mean, I can, there are parallels with my journey with gender and, and mm. coming to it. And you have to ask yourself hard questions and mm. contextualize your relationship with, I mean, not only with people, but with items. And mm. I just, that really resonated to me what you were saying about that. Uh, before we go further, where, where do folks find the book if they want to uh, purchase it, which I'm sure mm-hmm. they will after hearing you speak so eloquently about it. Yeah, yes, get your copy. Go get it. Yeah. Um, you can uh, you can go to my website. That's the easiest place to, to go, jamil.com, um, and just click on the banner, you know, Black Body Amnesia, and, and it'll take you to the publishing site. Um, there's a couple distributors. Uh, there's an American distributor and a European distributor. Um, but yeah, just, you know, click, go to jamil.com, J-A-A-M-I-L.com and, you know, click on Black Body Amnesia and, and cop that, get your copy. <laughs> yes. Do that. Pause the podcast right now. <laughs> exactly. Pause it. Come back. Yes. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. One of the things that was resonating with me when you were talking about the process of of the book was this idea of how we all sort of curate our gender, Mm. whether we're aware of it or Mm. not. I think there are, there's a spectrum of awareness when it, when it comes to that and how much is choice and how much is, you know, expectation. Yes, exactly. That really sits with me. I know you haven't even finished the question yet, but (laughs) (laughs) I want to just say that, you know, I wish that more people knew they could curate their gender. You know, I don't think enough people understand that and their power in that way. Um, I think many folks still operate in a very, um, you know, colonialist ideation around, you know, duality and having to be this or that. I think not enough folks are engaging critically and deeply around, um, you know, how they really desire to be seen. Um, and so, you know, I think for the most part, many of us are socialized into a very particular way of understanding ourselves um, mm-hmm. because we all are existing underneath this like neo-capitalist regime and many of us can't even articulate that that is that's the weariness that's the 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 fatigue the exhaustion you know that so many of us are feeling you know is this you know this heaviness this weight of 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 westernized uh you know systems that just don't really benefit our spirit you know it, right. they, they just don't <laughs> you know and so I, I i want more my prayer is for mo- more of us to understand our power in such a way that we can curate our not only our gender but you know our lives and 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 the and the ways in which we we move and and live through the world and and practice you know this 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 art of living absolutely i i'm nodding and 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 doing all of the um stereotypical actor feels <laughs> in my body right now um can you this is 
can you talk to me about the difference and the intersections between how you curate gender and and your own precious life for yourself versus mm. curating a space that's a, that's a commission or someone has asked mm. you in in a more traditional art artistic mm. setting mm-hmm. yes i love that it's it's such slippery work <laughs> you know moving between you know the personal the public um uh you know, what, what feels internal, what's asking to be externalized. Um, yeah, for me, there's this kind of bleeding, um, or this leaking (laughs) that may occur for lack of a better word, but, um, there's, there's a way that the work really does, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it moves from ideation into materialization into manifestation. Um, and it, and I do that through this kind of spell work of, of, of art making, you know, and it, it is, it feels really magical sometimes. Um, you know, I, I had to sit down with myself and this was pre pandemic even, but, I had to sit down with myself and really kind of unpack. Um, you know, I, I found myself as a, as an artist, um, you know, making, making these worlds and inviting these people into these productions and, and, and all the while in my own life and in my reality, I wasn't, I wasn't articulating myself as fully as I was in my creative work and i i had to really like come to terms about that and and so in order to do that i had to begin this process of applying the same kinds of strategies that i had been applying to my art making to my living you know to being in the world you know as concerned with beauty as i am you know, I remember, <laughs> uh, and I'm in the, you know, I'm in the same apartment now, but, but I remember, you know, this was years ago. I had just lost my brother, um, you know, and, and I was grieving from that. And, you know, it, it looked as if a, a hurricane had hit my apartment, you know, and it stayed that way for at least a couple years. Um, and all the while, you know, I was working, I was touring, I was traveling, I was like doing this and that. <laughs> and I was like, Jamil, what are, like, what is happening? You're, 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 you're applying all of this effort and work to creating these experiences for these other folks, you know? Um, but what about yourself, you know? And so I had to, um, I had to, to start really reorienting myself and reorienting, uh, the way in which I was practicing, um, you know, my, my, my love for, for creativity. Um, and, and so now, you know, all to say, um, the intersections or the, the crossovers or the fade between what is cr- like creatively staged and what is sort of 
you know, yeah, creatively staged personally or, or publicly, they really, you know, they, they mesh in a really beautiful way for me now. Um, and, and yeah, and, and so that's been really incredible to, 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 to be inside of, you know, so all to say, you know, the same kinds of ideas and, and pathways that open up to to creating, you know, experiences, you know, for the stage and, and for the gallery space. Um, you know, I'm, I'm using those same, uh, proposals and I'm, I'm applying them to my living and I'm meticulously, you know, crafting and curating, you know, my plants and, you know, what I, what I want to wear. And, you know, it's just a different kind of attention, you know, to, to myself and as an act of love, you know, as an act of, of self-care, as an act of, of healing, as an act um, of truth telling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, these, these are things that, I don't know, maybe we think of a lot of the time or, or we would like to be thinking of. And I'm just grateful that you're sharing this. Let's talk about a professional example of curation mm. in the world, not of the self or maybe both. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Wexner Center for the Arts presents Portal for the Ephemeral Passage, mm-hmm. which you guest curated. Uh, at the Ohio State University at Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this. Oh my goodness. I mean, I absolutely love this exhibition. Um, it's a performance. It's a multimedia, but performance centered exhibition, uh, really centering, you know, black feminist praxis, um, and technologies for, creating and, and sort of centering, uh, healing, like healing and, and wellness. Um, I've invited, you know, some of my favorite, uh, performance and, uh, visual, you know, thinkers to share their work, um, uh, either virtually or live, um, in the space. Um, and, uh, yeah, this the show. Um, it closes on August fourteenth. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully this will be live uh, before. But if not, um, you know, there there will be so much more, um, so many more remnants of the exhibition that will exist online. Um, and that was really important for me to, you know, think about hybridity, to think about this sort of transient nature and way in which. Um, you know, we're, we're sort of performing ourselves, um, on social media and, and, you know, digitally as well as, um, you know, in real life, you know, we're in this, in this time where, um, it's become quite confused to orient oneself between reality, theatricality and digitality, you know, the, 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 the all three seem to really be working uh simultaneously and and sort of slippering uh slippery and slipping between 
you know, um, these various sort of states and, and ways of, of sort of understanding um, the self uh, in proximity to a larger collective. Um, and so this exhibition really is, is attempting to explore, you know, um, the ways in which uh, not only, you know, are, are these artists thinking about world world building but how they are inviting folks into uh these various passageways um you know uh to to get to a a deeper um you know understanding uh around how we collectively come together uh to to do this critical work um that's that's really needed i mean you know, we, we, we're living in this time of perpetual pandemic. Um, we're living in a time of, of, you know, heat waves and, you know, just global crises where, you know, we're, we're, uh, I read a report recently that we were going to start naming the heat waves, um, so that we, um, can remember them better and understand them better. And, you know, so as if, as if they were hurricanes or other, you know, so, so we're, so we're in this very critical time. And yeah, I think, you know, some of the ideas that these artists are pulling forward, um, yeah, you know, these artists, I, I, I go back to this, this idea, um, that Audre Lorde introduces in her book, uh, Zami, a new spelling of my name, um, you know, where she says, you know, if you can't change, reality change your perceptions of it um and i think you know we're at this point where you know it's critical not only that we change our perception of it we have to change our perception so that we can in fact change the articulation and the ways in which we're actually moving through you know the planet um so and 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 i think these artists in portal for the ephemeral passage you know they think about temporality they think about multitudes and complexity in a way that um i really think serves a, a much larger deeper cause so you know i encourage folks you know if you're in ohio certainly check it out um but if you're not you know visit the website uh wexarts.org uh, and yeah, explore uh, Portal for the Ephemeral Passage. Sounds incredible. Yeah. You want to go to there and yeah. <laughs> do some homework for yeah. sure. Um, I, I would just like to know mm. what's the difference for you in terms of, because right now, or there's, I, I imagine simultaneously or almost simultaneously, you have curated a space that's in one spot and you may be a part of an exhibition that's in another place. <laughs> yeah. What is that like? Well, um, I mean, I, I feel m the most liberated, I think, than I've ever felt. You know, I feel a freedom in my making and practice like like I've never felt before and I I know it has much to do with my work having become less tethered to my actual body um you know 22 was a year where I did things I never thought I'd do really you know uh you know 
publishing Black Body Amnesia, curating this exhibition, um, uh, presenting this installation inside of an exhibition, uh, Syllabus for Black Love, um, and then performing a new world premiere of The Hold, which is a piece that I created and uh, designed, choreographed, um, and performing and you know, and so it's this way in which, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking not only about the, 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 the presentation of the work, but its larger context as well. And it's lar- like larger frameworks inside of which, you know, not only I can center my own work, but also the works of a community, of a larger community of artists as well, and where we, where we contextualize each other. Um, and so it's, it's, it's an incredible moment. Um, yeah, to have, you know, Chameleon be on view in several places around the world simultaneously. Um, things that I never thought <laughs> would be, you know, would actually manifest. Um, they're, they're, they're happening and it's incredible. And I, I'm just sort of, you know, I'm relishing, I'm, I'm lavishing, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm taking it in, you know, I'm so grateful. Um, but it, it does, it feels, it feels great. I, I won't, <laughs> I won't lie. You know, I, we, we love recognition. <laughs> We want it. Absolutely. And it just expansive is the word that's coming up for me right now. And I love that idea of inhabiting several spaces at once artistically and also taking the time to relish lavish because I think so often we're on to the next thing or Mm. to the next grant application Mm. line of the CV. Mm. Um, And just, gosh, I mean, just for everyone, like take those moments to celebrate mm. those artistic wins. Mm-hmm. We, we need to nourish ourselves in that way because it's, it takes so much out of us to put anything out into the mm. world as an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that self-care, that aftercare after delivering that out, it's, it's important as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. You started talking about chameleon. Mm-hmm. Which is a film, a visual album, has won a lot of awards. Talk me through this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me about these awards. No. Um, uh... <laughs> oh, that's awful. I was, I'm like, let's relish stuff now. Tell me about the awards. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, Chameleon. Oh, my goodness. So I created this project with my dear friend uh, and collaborator, Ima Doze, who is um, an incredible uh, uh, filmmaker, choreographer of Nigerian Finnish um, descent um, living in Helsinki. Um, and yeah, we, we, we came together to create, uh, this, this film that really is a kind of, um, a, 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 I think it's, it's, it's where I really began to share, um, my transformation, you know, my, I, I, I think I needed to, um, to speak, if only metaphorically, 
um, towards all of these different identities that I felt rising inside of me. Um, and, but also it was a way in which I could really contend with, you know, this grief that, um, isn't, you know, it's not only personal, you know, I, I, I know my grief is not unique, you know, it's not special, um, but that doesn't negate its reality and its significance. Um, and so, you know, creating chameleon, it, it was a way for me to come to terms with, uh, a lot of, a lot of hard, personal stories from my past, uh, but to reimagine them, to revision, um, uh, to forget, <laughs> to go back to that idea, um, you know, some of these ways in which I had been harmed, honestly, in my youth and my adolescence and just early on in my life. Um, so I needed to take some of these memories, reimagine them, um, so that I could find new memories to essentially refer to. Um, and so, and, 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 and Chameleon becomes a kind of archive of, of this reimagining of oneself. Um, again, you know, deeply inspired by the work of Audre Lorde and, and her concept of the biomythography as this sort of way of, of, of melding, um, biography, mythography, and history um, as a kind of, you know, queer, um, as a sort of queer home for storytelling, uh, for a way of sharing uh, a narrative and a, and a, and, and a life, uh, for a way to describe oneself. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's what I mean when I talk about how I'm listening and I'm trying to follow my guides. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was through that process, um, that it became clearer to me that I hold, I hold such multitudes and it's time to really share that and to, um, to explore that more deeply, you know, in, in my creative work and, and especially and in the process of, of moving image making, um, you know, this was sort of my first major, uh, short film, experimental short film. Um, and it was an incredible process. Um, I want to make many more. Mm -hmm. Um, it feels like my love, like one of my love languages, actually, um, you know, moving image and, um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to, to continue to explore different ways and new ways of, of playing with media and identity and, you know, poetics and, and all of that. I love that the leading into, con lead, not only leading into containing multitudes, but exploring that. And I think for anyone who's ever been told that there too much which mm. i know i certainly have been <laughs> yes um it's ugh, there can be such the instinct to uh cradle and 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 mute or, mm. or edit those multitudes mm. and so i 
I just, I love all of it. I love mm-hmm. all of it. Well, I say we have to share, you know, we have to, we have to share those multitudes. We have to live, you know, as, as beautifully out loud as we can, you know, um, uh, ideally doing it without causing more harm in the world. Right. Um, but of course, you know, we have to, we have to, we have to. We have to. Did I say we have to? We, I think we have to. <laughs> I think we have to. Uh, I want to know more about this exhibit, the Museum of Art mm. and Designs exhibition, Garmenting, yes. costume as contemporary art. Yes. Tell yes. me things. <laughs> yeah, that, um, you know, so I... Uh, I love it because so the night that I went um, to perform, I I, I was the uh, sort of final um, performance artist to share work as a part of the um, exhibition uh, this past July. Um, and before the show, um, I got to meet really one of my heroes, uh, Yinka Shanaber, who is a Nigerian artist, um, uh, thinking a lot through themes of coloniality and, um, you know, history and, um, you know, through, through sculptural, uh, reimagining sort of, uh, the body and, in these very sort of ancient but futuristic kinds of scenarios. Anyway, all to say, um, you know, meeting him before uh, my presentation um, of Black Body Amnesia actually um, was was incredible. Um, you know, so so that was another part because Black Body Amnesia is also a kind of um, I do a live reading of the work um, that's become a kind of theatrical production in and of itself. Um, so while there's the book, there's also this sort of live theatrical uh, performance that is currently touring. Um, you know, we, we were at the museum, the Mad Museum, um, and and there's a whole, you know, Switzerland tour coming up this fall um, where we'll be performing and, um, you know, sharing more of, of Black Body Amnesia to, you know, my, my, my European uh, friends. So, so I'm super excited about that. And um, it's been a while since I've, you know, toured in such a way and um you know so i'm learning how to be in front of people again how do we you know how do we do this you know in this moment you know monkeypox and covid and you know but we want you to teach and you know we want you to perform and i'm like ah but it's dangerous how do we do it now you know so i'm like a lot of feelings but um but yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it and um and and yeah, I'm super I'm super excited um to to share more of this, you know, more of this work um you know with with the world. Would you say in terms of the costuming element of it is that mm-hmm. a constant or does that change depending <sighs> on the performance? 
Oh my goodness. It's I mean, there are pieces. So I I travel with <laughs> a wardrobe. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know, I mean, I want options. I like yes. options. You, yes. you know, I do. I like choices. I like options. And I, yeah, so, yeah, so the authors say costuming is usually shifting, but there are some pieces that continue to um, surface. Uh, one piece particularly is a piece I call Lucille, who's this just incredible, um, I don't know, maybe a kind of satin, um, very sort of satin gone with the wind, sort of not like night, nighty, if you will, that okay. I've been performing in that, that feels really fun and beautiful. Um, and, but, but all to say, you know, it's a way that these materials really make me feel you know, and, yes. you know, sometimes I want to feel sexy in a performance. Sometimes I want to, you know, feel smart or I want to feel, you know, elegant or I want to feel alien. And it's through these various ways of, of garmenting and working with different materials that I explore that. Um, I explore a kind of sensuality and, and sort of synesthesia between uh, the poetics that I'm speaking and, and the poetics that I'm performing and feeling. Um, and I kind of use this sort of realm of the digital, um, during the live performance, this kind of live feed as a way of, of kind of exemplifying that even more and kind of blurring those lines, um, for the viewer even more. So it is very much a kind of multifaceted, multi, um, you know, media sort of performative, uh, experience. Um, and you never really know what you're gonna get. You know, I, 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 I've created these sort of containers for the work, but I never know how the spirit is going to move me or move through me. Um, again, I, I'm just trying to listen and I'm trying to be as honest, um, you know, about what's happening in me as I can. Um, I think sometimes there's a way of making where the spirit is literally just rehearsed out of the work. And it's, 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 it's like, oh, what, what, what is this now? You know, and it's, it's again, it's that like, it's that, that neo-capitalist thing. Um, this, this, this aiming for like, you know, some kind of perfection. Um, I know my work is, is, is flawed, uh, but that's, but it's brilliantly flawed and, you know, I'm not aiming to be perfect. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I relish, you know, in the failure because it becomes an opportunity to recover and to, you know, show the possibility of recovery and what's on the other side, um, of recovering, you know, so I, I, um, and I think there's also something about survival there, you know, so I've, I've, I've had to, to let go of, you know, any idea of trying to, you know, perfect my work, um, and just really show, show it as research, show it as truth, as what's honest, as, as where I am, um, and, and, you know, trust that that's enough. Absolutely. I absolutely. I had a brief 
stint in a PhD program, which didn't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Already, it's fine. Um, but that phrase, the um, performance—well, they would say practice as research, but performance as research—that mm. that will never leave me mm. because I had not thought of that before. But you're absolutely right. Um, I wish more folks would. I wish mm. more folks could view performance as as research in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a product. It's, you know, going back to that neo-capitalism that that haunts us all. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's a it's a unique experience that um works differently and, and moves through both performers and audience differently depending on, you know, what else is going on. One hundred percent. I love this phrase that's used to describe your work, the hydraulics of grief. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me where where does that phrase come from and how does it manifest in your work? Mm -hmm. I was invited. So I was the third annual um, Hawkins uh, lecturer. Uh, in the uh, World Arts and Culture Program at uh, UCLA in uh, 2020. And as a part of that appointment, they um, invited me to give a lecture. And, you know, we were, again, we were in like the, you know, 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I had to really... You know, I had to think, what do I want to write about? What do I want to, what am I thinking through? And so I ended up presenting, um, I presented a lecture that I called The Hydraulics of Grief. Um, and it's a term that um, I, I kind of stumbled upon, uh, but it, it it felt really accurate to what I was feeling and also um, it felt like both a proposition of how to sort of move through the grief, how to understand it as a tool that can be holy, that can be powerful, that can be fluid and liquid and, um, and that, you know, if, if, you know, if we understand that we can repurpose our grief and it can become a kind of, um, system for, for better, for us, for self improvement, for, you know, world building, for finding a deeper meaning, um, for this, this, this thing that we're, we're doing called life and and so um so i had to really sort of come to 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 some i had to think through what yeah what were these hydraulics how was it sort of moving in and through my body um and what was i to do with it um and so yeah so that term um it 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 lingers and it still is a term that I, I return to, um, the hydraulics of grief. It, it feels, um, like a kind of reminder that, you know, the, 
the grief doesn't control me. You know, I have the power to control it and I can understand it. I can, you know, work through it. I can heal it. I can use it, um, as a kind of fuel, um, to move deeper into my vision and, and what I, you know, what I desire. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's been sort of a term and a, and a, a sort of a term, but also a sort of reminder of what, of, of, of what is possible. Um, yeah. I love that. That phrase just whew, resonates <laughs> with me and, mm-hmm. and makes me feel things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's zoom out the, you know, pan out the camera to a wide aerial shot. Okay. Yes. Um, what would you say your origin story is as an artist in terms of mm. when did it become the thing that was possible, that was the thing that you were working towards? How did mm-hmm. it emerge in your in your life story? Mm-hmm. Ooh, well, <clears throat> it was a secret <laughs> for a long time. You know, I knew I had a voice. Um, but I didn't know how to share it. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, as is the case with, you know, a lot of sort of queer youth and queer black youth, um, finding the right support systems to really um, nurture a gift, um, it can be difficult, uh, because when your gift is sort of unrecognizable to those who are meant to protect you, to care for you, it can be difficult if, if when they don't see you, uh, it prohibits you from seeing yourself um, it prohibits you from loving yourself. And yeah, so all to say, I, um, I had a gift for language, for, you know, yeah, what I call the poetic, but it was a secret. I didn't know it, it was something that I could share. It, 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 it almost, seemed like I would be outing myself or something prematurely or um, if I if I were to share that I was a sensitive spirit um, that I felt things deeply um, that I saw things differently it felt dangerous and so I kept I kept it to myself for a very long time and then I had an incredible mentor a counselor in high school who I grew to trust and I'll never forget her name was Miss Margaret Montgomery Mm. very tall statuesque you know black woman older black woman and I must have visited her office daily (laughs) just like every day um and she I'll never forget she would always say yeah we're gonna make you a scholar Sorry. Um, no, don't apologize. But she, you know, she was 
one of the first people who really, um, you know, believed in me and my talent, who told me I even had talent. And uh, she encouraged me to basically get my first job at the Museum of African American History in Detroit. And, you know, that was the first time where I really got to engage critically with, like, creative Black culture and, and engage with artists. And, um, yeah, I'll never forget, you know, some of the artists that would come just to visit the museum. And, you know, I was tearing tickets at the time. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah but it it was a it was a ticket nonetheless it was a ticket to a whole new world and way of of um being and i saw possibility you know that at the museum it was my first opportunity to engage with you know people who might become mentors for me and just to show me what was possible what how i could go about you know, mimicking some kind of trajectory for, for what was to become my future. Um, I didn't know I was laying a kind of foundation to one day actually be show, you know, showcasing my work inside of, you know, the museum context. Um, but I, when I look back, I'm like, oh, it was at that museum in Detroit where I really began to see what would be possible for myself um you know long story short i applied to interlochen arts academy um shortly thereafter and was accepted as um as a writing major uh focusing on in poetry and um and it was there that I really learned my craft and um, and began, you know, doing this this deep critical work of art making um, and 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 believing in the power of what art is and means as a vehicle towards healing and you know, and surviving and just, you know, manifesting possibility for oneself. Um, it was there, you know, and, you know, in those early years, um, that, you know, those are some of my first engagements with, you know, with, with poetry and just what the power of it. And, you know, it was, it was astonishing to me because, it was like, oh, my poems, it was my poems that saved my life, you know, it was my poems that, you know, got me out of a very bad, you know, situation. It was my poems that continue to open up, you know, new pathways for me. And yeah, I'm just so grateful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. We need we need to know that the life that we want is possible and we need to see those parallel trajectories, even though, even if they're not the exact ones, because it's, it's just so hard to imagine a very specific artistic life. If you don't see someone else. Exactly. That's similar. 
Exactly. And if it's just, if it's not, if it's not nourished, if it's not encouraged, you know, and I think of how close I came to <laughs> just being, I don't know, regular <laughs> or something. Not, not, nothing right. wrong with, you right. know, with that, but just how I almost just cut off a piece of myself. Um, I, be, I, I came incredibly close to almost, you know, just breaking my own heart. Um, and I'm, I'm just so, yeah, I'm so grateful that that was not, that, that, that was just more, that, that there was more meant for me and, and my life, you know? Absolutely. Speaking of, of, of people who nourish us and encourage us, what artists can you share with us that are mm. especially encouraging or nourishing or exciting spark joy in your world right now? Mm-hmm. I am really um, excited by the work of Taylor Johnson, um, who's this incredible artist. Uh, I think Taylor is based in D.C. now, poet. Um, uh, there, um, where is Taylor? I think Taylor. Oh, actually, so he's he has uh, he's the he's the uh, artist, the poet in residence at the Guggenheim right now. So that's one. Just <laughs> yes, giving giving Taylor, you know, his flowers. Um, and and yeah, and he has an incredible book called Inheritance that um, you know, just I continue to just take it everywhere with me and return to it. Um. Um, who else am I really excited about? Um, I mean, of course, there's like the artists that I've curated, um, in Portal for the Ephemeral Passage. Um, you know, Nora Chipamire, Jasmine Morell, um, uh, Jennifer Harge and Devin Drake, uh, Kiwi Thomas. Um, I'm a Asher and Mimi and Noah. Um, there's just a, there's, there's a whole crew of just some incredible thinkers and, and creatives that are, uh, a part of that, you know, that exhibition. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hold them up as well. Um, and yeah, I think that's enough for now, but, um, you know, it's hard to, to just name, you know, a few artists because, you know, it's really the art that that's giving me, you know, so much joy right now. Um, it's really how I'm it's how I'm surviving, I'll say, um, because the news is incredibly dim um, and frightening at times. And so. Um, yeah, it's, it's the art that's, that's my connection to, to life and, and to beauty. And so I'm just, I'm holding, I'm holding on for dear life right now. So I think, I think we all are. Mm -hmm. And I am so heartened to have intelligent people share that sentiment because when I don't hear that, I feel very unmoored, mm. um, ungrounded. So I, 
I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, our time together is just about up. Uh, what has what's left unsaid? What what note shall shall we leave off on? Mm, what note? Um, how about I'd like to just read a little poem uh, from Black Body Amnesia. Um, yeah, it was recently, this poem was recently published uh, on LitHub. It's called Ninth Sign of Zodiac. Black belt of heaven unbuckled. Told Venus to push me out, galloping and cursed, a centaur firing their weapon of war. November opened my universe, vulva like a volcano, her afterbirth exposed red ropes of lava, was I dying or being born? Being torn from refulgent flesh, a body inside a body, melting its way out, loosened heaven, or are you just another unfastened place, too open, too vast, even for your angels? You've let them escape, unkept gates, keys dangling around the djinn's neck, and now we see them like superstars, falling nova and catastrophic, falling like comets, trailblazing prophets. The earth hasn't enough space for saints, so we pin them up on crosses, dip them in gold, turn them into logos, incandescent heroes of the 80s, Sagittarians, you haunt Hungry, hot-blooded assassins, you take aim, shoot down the night, call it your sport. Hmm. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Thank you. Um, yes, it? this has been a joy, and uh, thank you for your time. We'll make sure in the episode description to share all of the social media handles and your website so folks can continue to uh, follow your journey. Thank you again so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Such a pleasure to, to meet you and, and chat with you a bit. Thank you for listening to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Woodzik. This episode of the podcast was co-produced and engineered by Ray Catherine Morgan and edited by C.J. Higgins. It is distributed by American Theater Magazine. If you like what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe. Tune in each month for new interviews with artists and cultural trailblazers.